Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Andrew East, and if this is your first time listening, this is a program where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, or really anybody that goes through pivotal moments in life. I call them redirections. This could come in the form of an unexpected career change, or it could be an illness that completely derailed what they thought their life would look like. The reason I wanted to start this show is because that's been the story of my life. I graduated from Vanderbilt and got picked up by the NFL, which in and of itself was an unexpected event. And now fast forward, and over the past four years, I've been cut by six different teams uh, under eight different contracts, and this just isn't what I thought my life would look like, for better or for worse. And so I wanted to sit down with other people who have experienced these redirections to glean wisdom from them and share this wisdom with you if you have a redirection coming up or maybe you just experienced one. And today's guest, it's going to be really, really fun. We sit down with Emily Heron, who graduated from Texas A&M and currently does online influencing. So she has a blog. She's known as Champagne and Chanel. You may be familiar with her. She does fashion, health, and beauty. She does a great job with it. And we talk about how she got into this new industry of being an influencer and how she has found success in growing what she does. She has some awesome advice. And today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you didn't know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I personally think that it is so important and valuable to openly discuss mental health issues. If you have ever thought about talking to someone, but you're unsure of where to start, BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed professional counselor, caring professionals specializing in the issues that you want to talk about. Join BetterHelp and get help at your own time and at your own pace. Schedule secure video and phone sessions or text your therapist worldwide and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's a truly affordable option and redirected listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code EAST. If you have been wanting to talk, you can get started right now. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash EAST. Simply fill out the questionnaire and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com forward slash EAST. Without further ado, I bring you Emily Heron. And if you want to find out more about Emily, you can find her on most platforms at Champagne and Chanel. Enjoy this one. We'll talk after. All right. Well, Emily, thank you for taking the time to sit down with me. I'm very excited. Thank you for asking me. This is super exciting. And (laughs) congratulations on the baby on the way. Oh my gosh. Thank you. It's so exciting. I am very, very excited, but I'm also terrified. I've been trying to like find books on how to be a dad and what to do, like, yeah. but it kind of seems like you just got to figure it out. Yeah, I feel like that's what everyone says. It's like, I mean, I'm not a mom, so I don't know, but I feel like your instincts just kind of kick in and you just, yeah, you figure it out as you go. Yeah, I, I'm, I am excited. Speaking of kids, I did want to start off. I see that you have a dog, not just any dog. You have a golden retriever. Yes. Is his name Murph, right? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so that's oh my technically gosh. my boyfriend's dog, but I have like a dog. Gotcha. Yeah. And then I have Reese, a golden doodle. She's actually like down there chewing on a bone right now. So hopefully you can't hear that. <laughs> Hilarious. So yeah, we have two little nuggets. Well, we got, we have Nash as our golden retriever. Love, love Goldens. Golden Doodles are, they're crazy. They get out of control. 
They really are. Yeah. Like it's something I guess is in the poodle because the difference in her personality than our, with our golden retriever is so different. It's like, so it's different. Crazy. Yeah. They just run around out of control and they don't really listen, but that's, that's maybe just my experience, but no, that's, it's exactly right. And that's what I heard. Like before I got the golden doodle, everyone said that and they're completely right. Like Murphy is the most chill dog and just hangs out all the time. And Reese yep. is a spaz to say the least. That's fun. I usually start off and I would love to hear kind of your upbringing from like really zero to Texas A&M. Just what's your family situation like? Do you have siblings? I think that's an important part of who you are moving forward. So if you could start there. Yeah, definitely. So I'm one of three. I am the middle child. I don't think I have middle child syndrome, but my parents say I do. Um, So my household growing up, I was definitely the outcast like with like fashion and hair and makeup. I was so into it. Like I remember growing up, putting outfits together was my absolute favorite thing to do. Trying new hairstyles, testing out makeup. I would spend hours in my room like putting something together and I would be so proud of it. Mm -hmm. And I would come downstairs and just the family reaction would be, oh my gosh, why are you so dressed up? Like, why do you have so much makeup on? Like, you look like, I mean, it was just never super positive. And so I think that kind of definitely steered me away from pursuing any career in fashion. It was never even a possibility in my mind going to college. I mean, heck, I went to Texas A&M. Like, there's no, there's no fashion anything Their there. mascot is the Aggies. <laughs> yes. So if that's any indication... It's like the most like redneck school ever, yeah. which I love. Oh my gosh. I will never say anything bad about Texas A&M. It was the best college experience, but that just shows how far away my mind was from pursuing a career in fashion. And it really wasn't until I got in college, I started discovering fashion bloggers. I was so inspired by them because they had the same like likes and interests as me. It wasn't like crazy high fashion. I always got really discouraged when I would like read Vogue or I would watch like the fashion police on E and shows like that. And it was so high fashion. And I thought, okay, I'm not good at that. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know these terms that they're using, but I know I love putting together outfits and I know that it makes me feel confident. And so when I discovered fashion bloggers, it was really like, I just felt like I found a community where I belonged and I had never felt that way growing up or really until I found that. So that's kind of like the background. What did you study at Texas A&M? I'm curious. I studied communication. So my my career path, I was going to be a pharmaceutical sales rep. That's just like what my parents like had picked out for me. I think... I think they thought, all right, you're cute enough. Go sell like drugs to doctors. (laughs) Like go wine and dine them. You'll be good at that. And so that was the plan. So communication was my major. And I mean, I guess I use it kind of in what I do. I would say so. I would say so. It is funny. Sean and I fight that same battle with our parents where it's like the whole online creator or blogger, whatever you call yourself, it's like such a new concept that our parents don't understand it, but it's like a legitimate thing. I, what do you, I'm curious, what do you say that you do though when people ask? Oh. <laughs> oh, it's such a different answer depending on who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to anyone over the age of the Sophie, yeah, yeah. anyone over the age of like 45, I'm like, I work in marketing. I don't yeah. have time to like sit here and tell you what I do because yep. in telling people my own age what I do, they don't get it. Like, 
the night that my boyfriend and I met, I spent a solid hour trying to explain to him what I do and he still didn't get it. So definitely like a disconnect, but I do feel like it's becoming more of a thing and people are starting to grasp the concept. Do you ever use the term influencer? I do. You do? I just say I'm an influencer. So my business is mainly done on Instagram. That's like my bread and butter. I have a blog, but I just, I found success early on. Sorry, my dog is like ripping up. I love it. (laughs) Anyway, so Instagram is just where I found my success. And so I do call myself an influencer more than a blogger because that's where I do like more of my work, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Sorry for the misnomer there then on my part. So you mentioned you're watching the high fashion and reading Vogue and you couldn't really find that community. And I feel like that is the coolest part about online and social media is that there is literally a niche community for whatever you're into. Like, absolutely. Like it's just awesome. And I think as bad a rap as social media sometimes get for mental health and whatever, I think Mm -hmm. that if you peel away all that stuff and the abuse of social media and people just like mindlessly scrolling through and actually get to the heart, the value that social media can bring, people really can find a home with other people. And whether you live in Houston, Texas, or you live halfway across the world in China, like you can be a part of the same community because you have the same interests. So I think that's so, so great. A thousand percent agree. I do feel like social media gets a bad rap sometimes, but I feel like there are so many positive sides of it that aren't looked at enough. Like I've had so many heart-to-heart conversations with girls who I've never even met, which is crazy. Like girls will tell me what they're going through and I'm able to yeah. talk to them about it. And I'm really open about sharing my faith on Instagram and I'll recommend faith-based podcasts and I'll get girls message me saying, oh my goodness, I really needed to hear this tonight. So thank you. And so I think God has such like a bigger plan for social media than we realize. A hundred percent. And it does, I feel like, take time to, to work through and, and really tap into using it correctly. I mean, for the first year that Sean and I were like making videos and whatever, DMs, like we just didn't waste our time on it. But then now that's like where I spend all my time on Instagram yeah. is replying to people and messages because it's like, wow, these people actually care and they share, you know, this podcast is kind of about people who've had interesting career pivots. And so I've had people DM me and say, hey, I quit my job today because of what you said. And I'm like... I don't know if I'm ready for that responsibility, but it's good to know that people or I think it's important to realize that people do listen and you you being so vocal about your faith is amazing. I am curious. Has there been any pushback on that though? No, No, I've never, I have never had a negative message about it. And if I ever did, it would never discourage me for like continuing to share my faith because that's, I mean, at the end of the day, like that's what I live for. And so if I lost 300,000 followers tomorrow because they said, I don't want to follow someone who follows Jesus, I would say, great. Like I don't, that's not going to affect what I do ever. Wow. That's great. Were you raised in like a pretty conservative household, conservative Christian? Mm -hmm. Do you think that that factored into them not being able to fully celebrate your fashion and your makeup and how you did all that? Maybe. I definitely think materialism has something to do with that. You know, churches obviously preach against that, which I totally get. You don't take anything with you when you go. And that's not the point of us here, like on earth. But I think as long as you're not prioritizing materialistic things above 
the most important things in life, I don't think they're a bad thing. You know, if a nice outfit gives you like a boost of confidence and you feel great going on a first date, that's awesome. Why should that be? That, that shouldn't be something that people look at negatively. Or makeup. If you really enjoy putting on makeup and it's like artistic to you and you're able to, you know, that's just how you what's the word I'm looking for? Express yourself. Express yourself. Get out your creativity. That's amazing. I don't think that anyone, you know, should dog on you for that. So I do think like the materialistic side is probably an issue my parents had. They made several comments. You're just trying to shop all the time. Like that was, (laughs) and I'm like, it's so funny because now like shopping is like not even like the fun part of my job. Like, yeah, it's awesome. I get to wear new clothes all the time, but it's actually kind of tiring after a while. Like you don't need all of the new clothes and that sounds really bad. <laughs> no, I think, I think it shows where your values lie. It's, it's your values don't lie in the new clothes. It's you being able to make an impact and share your passion with these people. So that's great. If you could answer the, the so the Met Gala was just on. Oh yes. Uh, I feel like that's maybe like the peak of high fashion. I Absolutely. Think that's always the most entertaining night. Like the outfit yes. is insane. I think it, always makes me ask the question, what is the point of fashion? You know, like, because there's some ridiculous outfits. And at first glance, I'm like, this is dumb. I don't know what these people are thinking. Yeah, chandelier, (laughs) like what the heck is going on? But it challenges you to think about, okay, well, what the heck is fashion? And I'm curious to hear you answer that question. What is fashion to you? That's a good question. I don't even think anyone's ever asked me that. I really think it is just like an artistic expression, you know, like how you're feeling, what, I mean, obviously the Met Gala is just a whole nother level. That's something, I I don't really know what they're going for, like (laughs) as a Barbie. I mean, that's awesome. I loved her outfit. I thought it was super creative. But as far as like fashion for just like the everyday girl, I think it really is just about what makes them feel their best version of themselves. You know, if the best version of yourself is in workout gear, great. That's your fashion. You do you. If the best version of yourself is a ball gown, like again, you do you. I hate how people will like kind of dog on others for how they view, you know, like their sense of fashion, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, to give credit to you, I didn't appreciate fashion as a way to build confidence until actually like six months ago, Sean and I took a trip to New York and she wanted to, she wanted to make it like a shopping trip, which just sounded like the worst thing to me ever. It's like, you're going to go vacation. But then uh, she had me try on like this New York, it was like a very New York style coat where it was like a built-in vest and it was not a trench coat, but I'll trench coat. Um, And I put that thing on and Sean's reaction to it was like, we're buying that. You look amazing in it. Because I think that was her reaction to it. Every time I put it on, I feel like a boss. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was actually just talking to my teammates about what are some ways that when you're not feeling confident, you can rebuild confidence. And one of the things that came up multiple times was like what you wear. Yeah. Like, dress for success is such a cliche, but I, for the first time, experienced that. And I just want to give you credit because you inspiring people to find whatever their fashion is and you leading people and showing them like, Hey, this is, this is what works for me. And maybe you could try it out to have it work for you is actually really, really important. So keep it up. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, definitely. I like the term like dress for success. And also like in the business world, I always love the term dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Yeah. Like, like having that mindset of, you know, always just like wanting to be better than you are like right now, like a better version of yourself. Yeah. And your outward appearance, I think, plays big into that. Absolutely. So the inspiration behind you starting your blog and your social media presence, mm -hmm. you said was because you saw other bloggers doing that. Yeah. At what point did you decide to jump in and actually do it yourself? So it was my senior year of college. And it's so funny because I never had a thought of doing it myself ever. Like it wasn't even, it never crossed my mind. And I woke up one morning and I was, it was a thousand percent. I said, I'm going to start a fashion blog. And there was no doubt in my mind, which is so like anyone who knows me personally, that is not like me at all. Like I will talk to my mom about it a million times. I'll make a pros and cons list. I'll like write out. <laughs> yes. I am not, I do not do anything just like on a whim. And it was to me such a God moment of him like putting that in my mind, like you're going to do this because when I went to my mom and told her, her first question was, okay, so at what point are you going to quit? And it was very like, wow. Yeah. That was, that was her very first comment. And it's funny because she's actually like worked for me now. Really? <laughs> I mean, t like the tables have turned. <laughs> uh, so we're doing good now. And we have the best relationship. I never want to say anything negative about my mom, but she just was not supportive in the beginning. Yeah. And I think like God knew that was going to happen. And he gave me that courage and that just drive to do it myself and not really pay attention to what others thought about it. Wow. That's great. I love that story. How were you able to, so you started this in like 2016, so three years ago, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How were you able to grow as you did? It's like my number one question. And yeah. I wish there was like a, I wish there was a simple answer to it. I think there are so many different components into growing. I think I did take it very seriously from day one. Like I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it my hundred percent. I think when it comes to social media, people will dabble in it. Like they'll kind of be like, mm, maybe I'll try this. And they'll post a couple of times one week and then they'll kind of drop off mm. and then they'll post a couple of times another week. And I tell girls who are starting, I say, look at your business like as a restaurant. If a restaurant opened up and they open for Friday and Saturday, they randomly closed like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, randomly opened back up Wednesday, Thursday. And it was all like, you know, like spotty, would anyone come to that restaurant? Nobody. No, they would have no clue when it's open and it would make them mad if they drove there and it wasn't open one day. And I say, treat your social media business like that. You mm -hmm. have to be there. You have to create a schedule that your audience is going to rely on. You know, like some girls are on stories all day long and they'll make comments if they're kind of going through something and they're off stories for a couple of days. People will be like, oh my gosh, where have you been? Because you've built an audience that is used to that presence. And so I think that's the number one thing is like consistency and being, just giving it your hundred percent and kind of being there, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's great. If I could maybe tag on to that, I feel like you as well as anybody do collaborations like you do them frequently and you do them really well oh, thank you. yeah and I feel like a it's just like fun to see as a viewer but then b obviously there's probably growth aspects and benefits as well Definitely. yeah so that's when, Go ahead. in the beginning it's funny because I I mean back when I had like 5,000 followers I had nothing I would go to brands or not that 5,000 is nothing so I should rephrase that um, just like a smaller audience than I do now but 
I would go to brands and I was so eager to just get my name out there. I said, listen, I will pay, like I will buy an entire outfit of yours and I'll take a picture and post it if you would repost it on your page. And that's the mindset I had. I was willing to hustle and do whatever it takes. And I think now it's a mindset of never do anything for free. Like your time is always valued and you should never, ever do something for free. And I think that's not always true. I think that's why I grew in the beginning was because I knew I didn't have a big audience. I didn't have a lot to offer brands. Yes, I was willing to like take a good photo for them, but that was all really I had to offer and I was willing to do more of the work to get my name out there and I think that mentality got me a little bit further than the mentality of I should just get paid immediately no matter what I do I should get paid and I think that's definitely like a mill 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 I can never say that word <laughs> mindset <laughs> so. the sense of entitlement is yes. is what you're saying Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I'll probably get backlash for that because I'm definitely dogging on my own generation. And I you know will dog on my own generation all day long because I think there's so many things about us that I'm like, guys, we need to change. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I do think there's maybe a, a slight form of entitlement, but I think there's a lot of good things about millennials too. I feel like, you know. I agree. I agree. But that is something that I've said previously is like, you have to have this sense of humility. And as you said, hustle, people ask Sean and I, like, how did you grow your YouTube channel as you did? And it's like, well, you know, Sean really was humble to say, I might be an Olympic gold medalist, but I'm going to collaborate with this five-year-old on YouTube because, you know, it's going to be A, fun, and then B, beneficial yeah. to what our goals are. And so I think you embody that really, really well. So well done. There is a sense of fame that comes with it, Emily, and I'm curious how you have dealt with that. I, I don't know, fame. I feel like that's such a weird word. No, notoriety, me. maybe. If anyone like knew me in my day-to-day -day life, I'm like, I'm so not like that at all. I mean, it's crazy, like being out somewhere and girls saying, oh my gosh, like, are you a champagne and Chanel? Like, I'm a huge fan. And I'm like, what? Like, what? That's crazy to me. But it's like so much fun, like just getting to meet people that I would have never gotten to meet without this has been such a cool thing. Yeah, it is. I love it when people stop us on the street and we're able to talk to strangers. Like it's like, a, I just yeah. love talking with people and it's so much fun that now they have like, we have a reason to have a conversation kind of. Yeah, definitely. So let's see. The first thing that popped up, I'm curious if you knew this, but when you Google your name, do you know what like the first autofill option is? No, what is it? Emily Heron Teeth. <laughs> and see them, <laughs> see them live. Now I get it. I, I get why. They're, yeah, they're great. Oh, thank I don't you. know what your, your toothbrush routine is, but I'm a fan. Keep it up. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> so good. I'm curious, you graduated from college yes. with a communications degree. Your parents wanted you to be a pharmaceutical sales rep. Mm -hmm. Do you ever wish that that was the life you were living? Do you no. No. A thousand percent no. I wake up every single day. First up, I don't think that my parents really like knew me well enough when they said they wanted to, me to be a pharmaceutical <laughs> sales rep because I have learned more in adulthood that I am an introvert. Like I really thrive like in my alone time and sales, that's like the complete opposite. Like you really yes. need to be an extrovert at all times. And so like learning myself more, I'm like, thank goodness, like God had a plan when he was like, you know, not by me not doing that. I wake up every single day and I'm like, how is this my life? I am so thankful 
I like don't deserve this, but I don't wish I was doing anything else. What does your daily routine look like? It's so different. I travel a lot. And so that really affects my schedule. Because if I'm traveling for one week, then like the day before and the day after will just be like the day before is prepping. The day after is like catch up. If I'm home for like a week straight, it's like wake up, answer emails. Email time takes so much more like than people realize. They ask like, what's all like the behind the scenes stuff and just like negotiating contracts and figuring out all of your campaigns and the timeline of your campaigns. Like, you know, once you have 20 for a month, you're, you really have to strategically plan them out. And then obviously shooting content and doing stories and all of that fun stuff. But it's really different every day, which is fun. This is a legitimate business that you're running. And I love to hear how structured and strategic you are with it. It's great. It's definitely a business, like more than, more than people realize, for sure. If you don't mind sharing, I see that you're always tagging like it to know it. Did I say that right? Yeah, like to know it. <laughs> like to know it. My, I always add it. Um, Everyone does. That's so funny. <laughs> so what percentage of your business is like like it to know it versus deals versus... AdSense or selling your own products? So the main categories of my income, it's like like to know it and collaborations. And that really changed within the past, I would say couple months. If this interview would have been like four months ago, I would have said like 60 plus percent of my income comes from like to know it, which is trackable links where I'm making commission. But lately my collaborations have gone up like significantly to where I'm definitely making more in that department. And brands are really learning like the value of influencers and they're paying what we are worth, which is amazing. And so that's another reason why that income has gone up. Yeah. I think to brag on you again, once again, to my audience, I think you again, do a really good job at, I mean, you said the past four months is really when your collaborations have increased, but before that you were always talking about product. And you were always mentioning and shouting out brands. And I feel like for anybody who is curious to get into this industry, that would be a huge piece of advice that I would give them is like, you're not only shouting out brands when you're getting paid. You're talking, yes, you're talking about brands that you love from the get go. And then a, that gives you the voice and the opinion and the, like the know how to speak about brands and like people understand what your preferences are and they'll follow you because of that. Or maybe they don't like your preferences and they'll follow you for that. But then like when you start doing these collaborations, they're just going to be so much more successful because you have that audience that already knows what your style is and you know how to like speak that audience. And you can also build trust with your audience because yes. it's never really talked about any products. And then all of a sudden you gain an audience and you're like shoving product down people's throats, which I can't speak for every influencer, but I definitely only take campaigns that I love and that yeah. I, you know, I, I have to remain like truthful with my audience. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I've taken things in the past that I regret. Like I look back at that and I'm like, I couldn't have, I shouldn't have done that, but everyone makes mistakes and you can't like beat yourself up about it. You got to move on. But definitely share things that you love when you're getting paid and share things that you love when you're not getting paid because that's how you really build an audience that will trust you. Yeah. Emily, what are, we're about to get into fan questions, but I do want to ask you this first. What are your main sources? Like, what do you most often consume? Whether that's like a specific YouTube creator or an Instagram creator, are there like people that you go to every single day to consume that content? Or maybe it's a podcast like you were mentioning before. I listen to podcasts a lot now that my boyfriend lives in Austin and I'm in Houston. It's about a two and a half hour drive. Nice. And 
it's boring. And so I've been listening to podcasts a lot more lately. But I feel like my go-to, like when I'm getting ready or just like hanging out, is like Insta stories. That's been like my entertainment lately. And those just like play on like a role. So it's so entertaining to me. You just get to see people's like everyday lives. You listen to that on your on your drives? No, I listen to podcasts on my drive. Oh, gotcha. I, I like, <laughs> sorry. I don't know if I like switch topics there. I like look at Insta stories when I'm getting ready or when I'm just hanging out. That's like my main source of entertainment, like on social media. That's great. What are your favorite podcasts? Um, my favorite one right now, it's like not like interview type podcast, but crime junkie. They just like uh, share like crime stories, which is so entertaining to me. I've never really been into that, but I've been really into it lately. <laughs> I was just about to say, all those Netflix, I feel like half of Netflix is like murder mysteries. And I'm like, yes. I can't, I just can't get into it. But maybe I'll yes. check it out. What is it called? Crime? Crime Junkie. Crime Junkie. It's maybe, so maybe good. It. <laughs> also kind of creepy, but did you see the new Ted Bundy film with Zac Efron? I haven't. Wait, is that on Netflix? That's on Netflix, yeah. I haven't seen it. Would you recommend it? I don't know. It was a little, it was more boring than I thought. They didn't cover like the actual killings at all. They covered all like the aftermath, which I guess is important too, but (laughs) not as much drama as I was if that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, you should watch it. That's good. Okay. I'll check it out. Okay. we got some fan questions here. Okay. Sissy Marie927 wants to know, what are your favorite long hairstyles? I don't know if you have styles. Long hairstyles. I mean, I'm in a messy bun right now. That's my easy go-to when I just like don't want to deal with it. I do like high ponytails all the time. I'm not good at braids, but they're fun. Wow. And you have uh, tutorials on how to do this on your blog and Instagram? Okay. My bun tutorial is on, yeah, my Insta stories highlights. Gotcha. All right. Check out the tutorial, Sissy Marie. Um, (laughs) We have L David 66 wants to know your favorite foundation for hot weather. For hot weather, the Hourglass Stick Foundation. It's like full <laughs> coverage, but it's not going to melt off your face like the Estee Lauder Double Wear, which I feel like most people go towards. I like the Hourglass better. Gotcha. This is probably so boring for you. <laughs> no, I'm actually, I, I actually, yeah, I don't really care about your answer as much as I care about how you're answering. And it, it's amazing to see you are like an expert at this. And you just pulled out. <laughs> some random brands on some random questions so like I mean, it's stuff I, I put on every day <laughs> okay let's see airpat2113 this is a i bet this is a stumper for you she says she has a military ball coming up and wants to know what a good hairstyle for shoulder length brown hair <laughs> hair would be length. um goodness when it comes to like nice hairstyles i always want to do an updo like all of the hair like away from my face but then when i look at pictures i wish i had some of it down so i would just do like a half up half down maybe with like a twist in the back this is amazing to watch i can't believe (laughs) i'm a part of this conversation i I read that i was like there's no chance she's gonna have an answer for that (laughs) um all right jane liz taylor wants to know is there anything that you do on a day-to-day basis to help you manage social media from a psychological perspective. So like, how do you, I think her question is, how do you have a healthy approach with social media? Yeah, that's hard because it's so addicting. It's so easy to just constantly be on your phone. And, you know, I have an easier time with it when I'm hanging out with friends because I really make it a point to put my phone down and not be on my phone 
you know, when I'm at with like that face-to-face time. But when I'm by myself, it's very easy to kind of like get distracted. I try not to sleep with my phone like in the bed. I try to set times of like, I'm not going to look at it. Because sometimes, you know, as we were mentioning before, there's a lot of positive things about social media. But sometimes if you're having a bad day and you're watching someone's stories and their day looks better than yours, it's easy to get discouraged. But that's where you also have to remember, this is everyone's highlight reel. You know, people aren't showing you like the toughest times of their lives. Yeah, 100%. How do you feel about Instagram taking away potentially the likes? I know. I've seen a lot of articles on that. But I also feel like we've seen a lot of articles on a lot of stuff with Instagram and nothing has ever happened. I think, yeah, I feel like it could be a good and a bad thing. I do remember... And I mean, it's something I struggle with now. From my standpoint, more of brands, like when my engagement is down, I'm like, oh no, I hope a brand will still want to work with me. And it's more of like a business mindset. There's definitely that personal of like, oh my gosh, do people still like me? And that's hard. And you think about girls in middle school who are like struggling with that. But I don't know. I go back and forth. Definitely. I actually, a hard one. well, here's, here's what I think. Here's my perspective from an influencer because obviously like this is a large part of our business like they just said they're not going to really show it on the feed so i think that analytics will still have the likes but it doesn't really affect anything as long as people are engaging you know what i'm saying like i might not be able to see it but i don't see i don't really see the effect that that would have on us as influencers if the back-end metrics are still there because you can still provide the analytics to brands for sure like insta story views those aren't public but you have to send screenshots to brands and like all of that stuff yeah I could see though, if if the showing of likes went away, I could see people not really engaging as much because they think if no one sees it, what's the point? Interesting. And I could see engagement dropping for that reason. But again, from an influencer standpoint and a business standpoint, if everyone's numbers are dropping at the same time, odds are a brand's not going to be like, oh, it's you. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, that's, so. that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah. And then to answer the uh, the kind of the mental health side of it too, I feel like, again, people misuse social media and they always consume more than they create. And actually the first, I don't know if you've ever visited like the social media platforms headquarters, but Sean and I went into Instagram headquarters and literally the first thing, yeah, it's it's cool. It's a good experience. But the first thing they said to us was, make sure that you are creating more than you're consuming. And I think people just totally miss out on that. Yeah. Like it's, it's really important because like that is such a, as we were saying, there's niche communities. And if you're contributing to that by like creating your own content or like, you know, whether it's you talking to the camera or you making some funny comedy skit, like that's going to ultimately really build some good things and good habits in you as opposed to just like mindlessly scrolling through the feed. So I would say that's important as well. I agree. And I think it's also important for people. I feel like most stories that I see, especially like when you're sharing something and talking about something, it's always an influencer. Whenever I see a girlfriend from college or girlfriend from high school on stories, who's not an influencer, I'm always like, Oh, like it's, I'm pleasantly surprised, but you just don't see it very much. And I want to encourage like everyone share your everyday lives just because you have like a huge audience you know, just like your close friends and family love to see stuff like that. Like I love seeing what my high school and college friends are up to. Yeah. A hundred percent. Who is your dream person to collaborate with? 
Dream person to collab. Oh, Chick Fil A, duh. Oh yeah, I saw. That. I can't believe we haven't talked about that. You love Chick Fil A. How, how, how have we been forty years, <laughs> and the words Chick Fil A have not been spoken? Oh my gosh, I, my respect is just so great for you for your passion for Chick Fil A. What's your go-to order there? Okay, I'm usually a number one, the sandwich with a oh, diet awesome. coke. Um, lately, I've been getting the nuggets. I'm really weird, and I have like long periods. I'll, I'll go like six months and get the exact same thing every day, and then I'll change it, and then I'll get the exact same thing every day for another six months. I'm really okay. weird. So, is that how you've been with like the new Taylor Swift song? Just listening to it on repeat, or are we not a Taylor Swift? I haven't listened to I, it. I love that song. I've been to ten Taylor Swift concerts. Whoa! I'm like a loyal fan, like since 2008. <laughs> okay. Wow. This is good to know. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Um, okay. What are the goals that you have for business and life in general at this point? So for the Instagram, I feel like my main goal is for it to just keep evolving with my life. I think that's the cool thing about this business is it's so personal. So I hope I'm able to keep it going with like, maybe if I get engaged someday and then married and then having babies, I really want my audience to grow with me and experience those life things with me. Cause I feel like it's really exciting business. We like haven't talked about this at all, but me and my best friend who is also a blogger, her husband, we launched an agency for influencers this past January. And our public launch is actually this weekend in Vegas. So I am so excited about that. And so yeah, so business wise, I can't wait to see like where that goes. Tell me about the agency. So we got the idea. It's so funny. We were sitting at dinner one night and we were talking and we were like, you know, there's really, there's a lot of like social media agencies, people who like represent all different yeah. kinds of influencers. But we felt like there wasn't an agency who really represented fashion, like just strictly fashion. So my friend signed with an agency who was like really pushing her to sell all these different kinds of products that she wasn't really comfortable with. And we thought there has to be someone who understands like our goal and what we really want to share. And we just found that there wasn't. So this was September. And by January, we had already signed like three girls onto the agency. So like when we talked about it, I was like, okay, maybe in like 2020. And he was like, no, now. So he left his corporate job like immediately doing it full time. And it's been awesome. We have a roster of like seven girls now who are like really established in the industry. And we already like need to hire on more employees. So wow, this is amazing, Emily. I'm so excited. Thank you. Yeah, it's been good. I do have to say, and we should talk about this more after this interview, Sean and I have a really, really fun and exciting collaboration planned with Vera Bradley. Oh, that's awesome. I love collaborating with them. Well, you have some huge fans over there. That's why I brought it up. And so maybe maybe, uh, it's something to explore. But anyway, okay, so three takeaways that you have learned over this whole journey the past three years or even dipping into college. Yeah. I feel like the biggest thing I've learned from this industry, like you're never going to please everyone. And that's so hard because it's so easy to take it personally. But no matter what you do, there's always going to be someone who disapproves and you just can't take it personally and you can't let it get you down, which I feel like is so much easier said than done. It's like something you hear over and over again, but just from like living it every single day, of course, there's like negative comments and things like that. And again, just like to not take it personally. Number two, I feel like never like take the shortcut. 
I feel like that's something that I've tried in the past. I'm like, okay, what's the fastest way to get there? What's the easiest way I'm going to get this done? And not only do I feel like I don't do everything to the hundred percent, but it also kind of hurts my self-esteem when I don't give something my hundred percent. It's like at the end of the day, when I know I've done everything to the best of my ability, like that's when I have a good night's sleep and I'm really happy with myself. Number three, I would say know your self-worth. That's really hard in this industry and maybe like for all industries, especially being a woman in the working field. And I feel like we've made so many good steps in the right direction, but just like always know your self-worth and never settle for anything less. Wow. Powerful words. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for sitting down with me. This was fun. Thank you. I look forward to what's next for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you found today's interview valuable, there are a lot of ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can also share it with your friends on social media, blogs, or on your own podcast. And please head over to my website at www.andrewdeast.com for more information and to request your favorite celebrity, entrepreneur, athlete, or anyone else who inspires you. Feel free to connect with me directly on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew D. East. And thank you again. We hope to see you next time on Redirected.